and welcome to another episode of Less Than Jays. It is time for regular season baseball. This is so much more fun to talk about. Or is it? I, I get a, I get a vibe from you this week, Jake, that you're you're already um, on a hot tin roof. <laughs> I'm not not there. <laughs> I'm I'm concerned for myself more than yes. I am concerned for the Blue Jays. This always this, but this always happens. Is is the, or the April always seems really high strung, and then the um, yes. it'll it'll become not old hat, but it'll be it'll be it'll become like oh right, we're we're at game thirty. Oh right, we're at games. You know, you're gonna think, you're yeah, settle into a summer here. I think that's true. I'm, you know, it's interesting how it uh, evolves as we get older and find different priorities. Because you remember when we were younger gentlemen less stable as it were uh are like genuine emotional states were tied into the success and failures of the blue jays like it could really ruin your week yes now it's not that now i'm more concerned just about the amount of like brain space it takes up <laughs> and like the not just the brain space but like Brain space about like, and like, I know I've, I'm pretty sure like a couple weeks ago I said, don't do this. Right. But you're but doing like, it. It's game, it's game four mm-hmm. of, the, of 162 today. And I'm already mad about Charlie. Like, <laughs> and like, and like mad about Charlie, not, not even for anything like, like in my heart of hearts, as soon as I texted you being annoyed. My first reaction to myself, I think I actually, I was sitting on, I was doing, I was doing work and I, I texted you and out loud, I said to myself, I probably don't need to be mad about this. <laughs> this this probably doesn't matter. Zach Collins getting the call in game four, uh, game one in Yankee Stadium. And we, we since learned, and you since learned that Danny Jansen needs an MRI. So yeah, but I still understand why Collins is playing. Well, Jake, it, it, no, he's you can't on a pinch run for Kirk. He's a major league. He's a major league player, and and you got to get he, the major league guys on the roster. He's as he, he's he's as a major league player as as Bradley Zimmer is. I disagree. Bradley Zimmer. I, we'll get into Bradley Zimmer. I have high hopes. <laughs> Bradley Zimmer does not have a negative OPS plus season to his name. Only nine games, but still. <laughs> oh my. Uh, how much I gonna say? How much did you enjoy Derek Fisher? Because it's not—he's not a super different profile from Derek Fisher. He's Look, gonna look we, more like he's capable, but he swings and misses like literally half the time that he swings. I mean, the ball's not just gonna hit him in the face. Yes, playing the outfield. He, he looks like so, he's a professional baseball player in the outfield at least. Thank God. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm not. I, it's a thing. Like, I feel like I'm not actually upset about this. <laughs> but I feel like I'm supposed to be upset about this. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you are not. <laughs> um, listen, all great points. It's fun to be invested in the team, and it's fun. It's fun to have the mental space taken up. Um, it's good times. It's it's fun stress. Um, I would say, I guess, I guess the difference, as you eloquently pointed out, about the the team in the past having. Maybe too much say over the mental state. I would argue a little bit that like it was also sort of implied that they weren't going to 
be a contender ever. Like you, you would talk yourself into it, and you would you would have these Aprils where you know you're saying uh, maybe big things this year from the Blue Jays, but this year is like uh, people want to win every game. People people are come tuning into the Blue Jays expecting them to win. Uh, basically every game they play. I, no one's realistically saying they're going to go 162-0, and 0, but people are generally tuning in, assuming that the game is going to go the Blue Jays' way. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you hate to do this early, <laughs> very early <laughs> in the season, <laughs> but your, your, your 100-win forecast, the, the most positive person you've ever met forecast, you're still tuning in to 62 losses, right? You're still tuning in to... A lot of the time you tune in and they would lose. But I get it. I get it. And they looked um, when they come out on opening day and they and they do what they did on opening day. They feel indefeatable. Uh, so I uh, yeah, I think this is this is the idea. This is the idea of expectation, right? This is what expectation does to you. This is the difference between even 2020 or even 2021. And now was like 2021. We sort of talked about if they can go above 500, we'd feel good. And then all of a sudden they won 91 games. And it was like, oh, if only they had done this and that. And now we're coming in. As we've said before, the 91 game, the 91 win floor is sort of in our head. Uh, and, and with that idea, the idea of 91 wins, I sometimes I think feels like you're winning more than you are because the recent 90 plus win seasons with this team uh, basically are built out of two huge runs versus being a 90 win team the entire season. You know what I mean? Like they had the incredible August in 2015 and they had the incredible September last year to, to bring them into being in that pace they really didn't spend either of those years the entire season being a you know a a 90 plus win pace team no and like it's that's not was never really going to happen with this team like even right now you look at the after the you know the dust has settled on on uh opening weekend the only undefeated team are the rays and that's because they played the orioles so like the notion that I think there's a, I'm going to say a uh, built-in paranoia, maybe. I don't know if paranoia is the right word, but built-in awareness, let's say, of, uh, because of the way last year ended, and because it was the Yankees and the Red Sox, and it was one game, I think there is an increased awareness of the notion that Game four through seven against the Yankees matters more. I am not necessarily disagreeing from a math standpoint, but also like we have watched enough baseball in our lives to know that it coming down to the last day of the season like that is few and far between. And I would say, especially in the American League East. It's funny. It's funny because your logic is not flawed. It, it's not wrong. Uh, and a lot of people do are going to grab that logic. And that is going to be, I think, a thing we see all year long is people are going to say, you know, you can't say one loss doesn't matter when you look at last year. But I would almost counter argue is like last year proved that the loss really doesn't matter. Like they, they still right. won 91 games. You, you just need to have the crazy run at some point and, and you will erase a lot of these. But um, that being said, I understand. And, and it Listen, it's easy for me to sit here right now at 5.45 p.m., uh, an hour and a half before the Blue Jays play the Yankees at Yankee Stadium without Alec Manoa on the mound and say to you, you got to be level-headed, you got to be cool. I am not currently watching a baseball game. And my <laughs> my, my <laughs> thoughts and actions in the hours of and immediately following a baseball game are a little bit different than they are as I sit here after a Monday of work. Um, 
because obviously, obviously, in the second, in the first and second innings on on Friday, I was a I was a <laughs> meltdown mode. <laughs> but that's the fun of the that's the fun of the opener, and that's the fun of um, any single thing going wrong, uh, and also every single thing going right. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in depth in just a minute, Jake. Uh, other than that, other than the baseball, which of course, I mean, dominates our thought process for most of the time. How's your week? How's your wife? I mean, week was great. Baseball's back. I can't yes. believe how much I missed, a, even though like the game didn't go the right way. Uh, just Sunday afternoon and a baseball game being on. Any and, afternoon. And today, uh, today casually throwing on uh, Royals, like Royals Guardians I was watching, Bobby Witt Jr. Right, exactly. Uh, Always something on. very good. I can't believe I forgot. Every year this happens. <laughs> not that I forget. I'm like, I exist as a person who's not constantly watching baseball. And then I am remembering every april i was like oh yeah this this is just all i need really to to survive yeah i uh yeah it's great it's hard to hard to have a complaint about baseball and like even and friday like we went uh to our friends at left field uh to their brewery brew pub and just because it was like a fun comeback game uh, and first day, it was like, oh, man, people in Toronto are excited about baseball again. It's going to be insane. I, I predict the summer is going to be insane. What were you doing in your downtime when you weren't watching baseball this week? What was I doing? I working, I guess. Uh, <laughs> excited, <laughs> excited about the Raptors, watching the Raptors. I got playoffs. Start. It's the best time. Of, it's the best time of year for, for sports. And now Not that play- I'm a dad, I bet um, I'm going to once again become very interested in the Masters. I feel like you have to. Next seems year's, like a, seems next like year's Masters, to, you're going to be fucking all over it, right? Right. It's funny. I feel like, oh, I guess we'll get into this. Is my wife did not have a baby yet? Um, I was going to say you just said now that I'm a dad, and I was like, whoa. Um, Is there something no. we missed. Uh, thought maybe this morning, but it was just uh, regular old cramps. Way she goes. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that this weekend because the due date was Friday. The due date was opening day. My first take this to the grave. So I thought he would be born the eighth, and it was so funny to wake up on the day of the eighth. And be like, oh, this is the day that I said that the kid would be born repeatedly over and over again out loud. Uh, I, I believe I believe my wife uh, and her friend have the 14th. In the they pool. do. As does the dog, by the way. Sorry, the dog is in the pool. Well, we you're killing my wife's going crazy. She doesn't she's not working and she's waiting for the baby to be born. Uh, we have like a puzzle <laughs> that he does. And it's sort of you can put treats in the puzzle for him to open the different compartments. And we put different dates in the puzzle and he picked the 14th or later so okay. um, which has become which is starting to seem like not that even that crazy of a take because um it's the 11th as we record this this comes out on the 12th so yeah uh, uh, our friend melissa not your wife but our friend melissa was like oh it's coming in like two weeks right i think that's right i think that's right because if you remember well you probably don't remember i remember obviously very well was our original due date was the 12th which is Tuesday, the day this is coming out for the public. Um, and then they bumped it up to the 8th after some, uh, one of the ultrasounds that she had at some point. I can't remember which one. One of the benchmark ultrasounds bumped us up about half the week. And now we are back to the 12th. Now it is the 12th, basically. So we will see. Um, very weird to be into sudden death overtime here. To <laughs> sort of be like, <laughs> well, there's no you more have, build. You have the go bag and everything ready to go? Yes, her go bag is is ready to go with a checklist. I've sort of built a second go bag because, um, I mean, listen, bless modern technology, right? Um, I'm able to 
pack a bag of things in case I'm there for a very long time in a way that like my father could never have done or anybody else <laughs> previous. Like, you know what I mean? You sort of, oh, I can have a fully charged tablet with, with like access to my cable and, and, you know, have all these things charged and plugged in with me ready to go. So um, I tell you what I've done in the last couple of days is I suddenly had the realization that I like to, I mean, I need to like seriously clean the basement. Yes, I saw that you were thinking about renovating it. Well, I, renovating is one of those things when we first bought this place, we looked at it and we were like, oh, we'll, reno we'll renovate the basement one day. You sort of, you know, you say things. Right. And now you're um, like, oh, I need a... I no, need I'm a, sitting here and I'm like, oh, man. You need a hovel. Well, the, it's it's all well and good to have a little wiggly baby that doesn't do anything for <laughs> three to six to eight to even a year, right? Um Eventually, it's just like it's just like a, a bowling ball with arms and it's just it like destroying whatever we have out. It's going to be the only thing on its mind. So I was like, oh, right. shit, yeah. I need to I need to build like a room. We need to get like a because we've we're two 30 somethings uh, adults that have lived together for five years. We have nice things that we like. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, shit. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> so I sort of like <laughs> I was sitting down here uh, working because this is where my studio is, this is where I record. Um, and, and during the morning at work, when, I, when I'm sort of in meeting mode, I come down here because the backdrop is nice and everything. It just sort of hit me. I was like, oh, my God, like this can't just be, you know, it was there were some cardboard boxes and there was sort of we're st we're stocking all the kids stuff. We have been given all the gifts. And I was like, oh, man, this can't just be cement walls and storage like this is going to have to be a something that a kid can bounce off of. Um, so I had that. And then yesterday uh, I just. Bought, I just like sort of bought a bunch. Of, I wasn't even thinking. I just bought a bunch of books. I just like I need to buy a bunch of books. <laughs> so books will be arriving. Um, and one arrived today. Sort of developmental books and and sleep training books and um, just sort of a bunch of books. I just sort of bought and I had started. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I, was like, I need to buy books. So um, those two things have happened in the last week. Just sort of like a voice in my head was just sort of like suddenly appeared very strongly and very sternly. It is time to talk about the Blue Jays week that was uh, sorted out. Sorted out. We sort of teased in that. I think it's, it's extreme. We're feeling extreme. Things feel extreme uh, very early in the year. It's going to be an extreme team. Not, not to overuse the word extreme, but uh, some real sparks flying in the first weekend of the year. Tons of voicemails this week. A very good mailbag. So we're going to get right to it after this. <music> Jake, the moment you're waiting for is here. Opening day it felt huge. Opening day felt huge. I don't know about you, man. Opening yeah, day man. felt fucking uh, huge. The hype is real. The hype is out of control. I'm thrilled. Um, I tell you, and I sneakily did a little a little snarky thing about the Blue Jays fan base. I will say this, and, and I, it's actually, I think I am already feel bad about it because the general thing is people really get behind this team when they're good. And that's all I really, that's all you really want. Um, you know, you, you really want people to get behind it and people are super excited. I think the season's going to be crazy. Uh, we give Mark and Ross a lot of flack, especially I think about the stadium and the stadium looked pretty darn cool. It, it, it seems like uh, someone finally took the time to like actually think about like, okay, we can't tear things down 
in a, in a short term? What can we actually do to like work with what we've got? And by all accounts, the lights, uh, the presentation, all that sort of stuff was like 10 out of 10, especially with how absolutely like you and I remember the Jumbotron. You're just like, I, I can't believe this is what's up there. <laughs> and we've seen renovations, you know, it, it goes to quote unquote HD or it goes to whatever it was recently, 4K. It looked pretty good last year, but like now it's this big seamless piece and the LED, the, the lighting and the intros. Um, I was very happy to see that presentation to start with. Uh, pretty cool. And I can't wait to see what it's like when the roof is open. Yeah, I, this is probably the first time in my life where I've had the thought of, boy, I can't wait to be in Skydome for their game ops. Yeah. Where yeah, they've done a great job. Looked, it, I will. I got to give them credit. It looks great. And I'm now that we've seen sort of what they almost surprise did for this season. Because, like, I don't know about you, but I had no idea uh, that they were building all that shit um, uh, i had seen some i had seen some things about uh the renovations some some i knew the i knew the screen was going to be bigger i didn't know the lights were going to be like that yeah um but like now that we've seen this and we know that the next two off seasons there's more plan there's the redesign of the lower bowl there's some roof improvements i now have total faith in whatever they're doing and i'm very excited to see what the ballpark looks like in the next uh, couple of years. And I think that it's, you know, based on location and logistics and everything, improving Rogers Center is probably the most prudent way to improve the ballpark experience yeah. in Toronto. And I think uh, I'm, I'm just very curious to see what, what's next. I think you can, you can maybe, it's going to take a lot and take a pretty big facelift. I think you can still carve something out of that, out of all that stone. I think, I think it is possible for, for the, for the downside of it being all that concrete. I think it does sort of also offer in a way, um, a chance for them to sort of turn it into whatever they need it to turn it into. There's going to be obviously some, some limitations and the hotel is part of that. But, um, yeah, by all accounts, very cool. And I think for people who are longtime fans of the team and people who have listened, basically anybody who's a fan of the team, almost every game they've seen in their life has been in Madrid Center. Like it almost um, isn't appreciated. I think I appreciated that when they left for the two years. I was like, damn, like this has been their only stadium for a really long time. It's the only stadium yeah. I remember. It's the only stadium I've ever been in. It's the only and stadium like, I've ever known. That's you know, rare. I guess that's, like that's rare. You know, when I was like one. Yeah, that's that's actually become really rare in sports is like it's very true. People nearing their 40s have never been in a, in a different stadium for the team. It, it actually now has a ton of it strangely has a, a ton of history. And for uh, all the ways that it's like not a ballpark, quote unquote, um, it's been their home for so long and it's getting some TLC. And it does seem um, that this year it really is an attempt to modernize it in terms of the, the display, because like, I remember going when my wife and I went on that baseball trip to Cincinnati and the, like the light display and how they use the stadium effects during home runs and stuff. I was like, Holy shit, this is so cool. This is like such a, this is such a neat built in part of the experience that I had never even thought about with the Jays. Like the Jays, you got, you got fireworks on the home run. It was basically right. it. Right. You're like, Ooh, fireworks indoors. Uh, <laughs> sort of like as a kid was the best thing. So, um, a huge step up anyway. That's enough about the game ops. I was, you know, I just wanted to shut up. I feel like, no, I think that's a, 
crowd in the a relevant thing to it was talk of the town this week in a lot of ways yeah i think Jordan it's gonna make for a fun entrance got a lot of yeah lot we have a buzz. question about that coming up so yeah and i, and I think the potential to, to have some cool stuff if they do some cool stuff um is there so shout out to the in-game experience in the game office the jays two and one on the week uh the tbd as the blue jays and yankees start uh just after we record this so um holding space for something monumental to happen to change our opinions uh, in some way. I think easy one, the, the big game of the week to talk about, the 10-8 home opener win. Um, had everything, I think, everything you could want to talk about in this episode happened in this game at some point. Huge offense, huge emotional swings. Uh, Barrios looking terrible, only getting one out. <laughs> um, Espinal starting the season-long play of, of stealing the second base job, starting at opening night and following it up the night after. Um, a lot to go through. Uh, take me through sort of how you felt about this entire game and this entire experience. I know you you said you were out at Left Field Brewery with some friends. Um, I was glued. I was listening to the pregame on the radio. I was I was searching for stuff afterwards, photos, some great content out of this game from the from the field. I was soaking it all in. How was it for you uh, to have the home opener back? I mean, Friday was great. Uh, I'm furious as to what it's done to my brain. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> during the game on Friday and uh, whatever, anyway, I guess the second, whenever they were down seven, nothing. Right. There was... Not one part of me that didn't think they were going to come back and win that game. I was convinced. I wasn't concerned at all. And to contrast that to the way the rest of the weekend went, which wasn't badly, I must stress. Yes. <laughs> my uh, my faith feels somewhat uh, scattered comparatively. I'm not sure why, but like I could not have been riding higher Friday night. And just sure. throughout the game. Cause I was just like the whole, as soon as like Vladdy got the first RBI, I was like, they got it. It's fine. Yes. You were adamant. They were going to win the whole way. I'll give you credit I was for that. Not concerned at all. And I also have to say, despite it being the theme of the weekend, I am also not concerned about the pitching at all. Okay. You do seem I, concerned. You keep saying you're, the way you're saying things implies to me that you are concerned about something. You know what? It's true, and I don't know what it is. I think it's I think it's more like the nature of yesterday's game, and like kind of the shoe being on the other foot. And it's not even like that. It was that things are going badly. I think my thing is like narratively, uh-huh. how nice would it have been to come out of, after all the hype in the off season to come out of opening weekend three and zero. With mm. a huge comeback to start and ending it with just an absolute shit kicking. Right, because they did it, jump out. They jumped out to look like it was going to be. And then that was a staple of um, of like the good version of this team. Exactly. That's exactly it. Because you, you said it great. You said it on Friday, how nice it was to see that they picked up exactly where they left off. Yeah. And I feel like just narratively and with the way we kind of expect this season to go, I'm not even going to say expected because I still expect it. But if they if they had won that game on Sunday as they should have, uh, I think just the entire complexion of the season fits the storyline that I think we've all painted in our heads. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the two undefeated teams are in the AL East. It's us and the Rays. The Yankees and Red Sox didn't look great over the weekend. And we are the juggernaut 
that we thought we were, and the Rays will be the Rays, and we're going into New York 3-0 and to have a, a big statement early series, which again, still might happen. But I, I think that, I think the loss yesterday really sort of took the wind out of the sails, not from a even like a worrisome for the season standpoint, but I think it's been harder to shake just from a like, man, that w- it would have just been perfect had they right. kept it on yesterday. Um, would have been nice to see Hyun Jin Ryu like leave after five innings with a good game behind him. That would have been, would have been. Yeah, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly in the tank for Ryu, uh, more so than I think most, but I'm not concerned at all yeah well he's the it's the easiest one and it's not that it's not not even not in the tank sort of thing it's sort of the easiest one to sort of see um things not going so well for i feel i think yeah i get i think that but i think that's only because of his back half of last year and i think i think a lot of and he's the oldest and sort of yeah but i mean like pitching seems to be an issue league-wide yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. And I think it's to be expected with the short spring, which is the main reason I'm not... Su- like, Ryu had one start in yeah. the spring, which is the main reason I'm not super uh, concerned about any of the pitching, really, uh, because it's so league-wide. And also, like, watching Ryu yesterday, I don't really have this thought on Barrios, but watching Ryu yesterday... To me, that just looked like he got gassed because he hasn't thrown major league pitching in a year or whatever, six months. Right. And he was he was rolling like he was throwing. He was pulling the string on those curveballs like he and those changeups like he always does. Uh, he had one pitch, I think, in the second or third that was like middle high and just like so much movement. And Semyon swung right through it. And it was just so I. I am not concerned about him getting his feet back under him with some more reps, like literally. Uh, I'm a little concerned that he has that minor thigh contusion from taking the ball off the leg, not because I think it's serious, but because we have seen with Ryu in the past, little injuries tend to sort of throw... I think because he's such a, for lack of a better term, specific pitcher in the way that just how his game works, very similar to your Marco Estrada's, just through like a little injury and something being just slightly off can really throw off his entire game, I think. Uh, but they see the team doesn't seem to be worried, so that's fine. But uh yeah, I think I think my worries stem more from the narrative potential than from anything that's actually like a problem. Mm. Yeah. Were you it's that that fastball always worries me. Um, people can people, people can, can get to his like once they if they can get him throwing fastball more than he throws anything else. That's always where I get the worries. That's he had some good worries. velocity on it last, yesterday though. So I know, but like <laughs> Ryu, Ryu being like, oh, he's throwing ninety one instead of eighty nine is like that is meaningless to me. It's sort of like I don't. It doesn't matter at all to me that he throws. You know what I mean? It's sort of like yeah. If if you're gonna have him throw a pitch, you would love him to throw you a 91 mile an hour fastball. It's sort of like sure, but I think a guy of his age and his style being able to up his velocity, I think, is more notable for what it says about where he is, maybe than for actual in game application. We will see. Um, I don't worry about the contusion. He's a meaty ass size. He's a big fella. <laughs> 
think meaty ass. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think getting hit in the ass will ever be the problem uh, for Hyunjin Ryu. Um, yeah, you I mean you mentioned Barrios? Nightmare, nightmare scenario for Barrios. <laughs> uh, one out only. Uh, Lead off home run. Everything barreled. Um, obviously, obviously, I'm not worried about this one long term. That because I last episode said he would be in the Cyan conversation. Um, but uh, unbelievable start to the season. Talk about talk about your narrative issues. Uh, boy, would that have been that. your was your Raptors game one conversation of just like the Blue Jays. Maybe, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but they will never win the home opener again. Uh, it was nice <laughs> to sort of see them climb out of that. But um, also saw, of course, Kevin uh, Gossman. I, I'm seeing now Gossman. We, we were saying Gaussman. The person member corrected us. Oh, is that what we? I didn't know how. I knew we were saying it wrong, but I didn't know. Broadcasted Gosman all day, all week. Gosman, all right. Yeah. Well, if, uh, if there's anyone I want, if there's anyone I trust with name pronunciation, it's Buck Martinez. Well, yeah, but you got, you got Dan Shulman, I think, would say it, right? That's true. Yeah, I do trust Shulman. Um, who, uh, listen, as I've talked about before, as sort of a pitching dumb guy who's just sort of like, I don't, I'm too dumb to tell the difference between a good pitcher and a bad, the same guy being good and bad. Uh, very easy for me to understand fastball splitter fastball splitter i can i get that i yeah, got that guy, figured out <laughs> guy with guy with two sick pitches yeah i got that figured out no problem and then throws you know the different off speed pitches slider change up depending on the righty lefty matchup um i spoke to you about this before is he's somebody that i had talked myself into once i had started doing research and started putting together my uh master sheet which is sort of my cheat sheet. Uh, I write down my thoughts on every player and sort of track the season. Uh, just makes it easier for me than, than trying to like make notes every week. It's sort of just this thing that I've built throughout the spring. Uh, I talked myself into him when I was doing that research pretty heavily. And just sort of that, you know, the, that two pitch mix was was so good. And and sort of uh, we saw Robbie Ray. Uh, we, we saw the numbers were basically the exact same. They put that on the broadcast. But we saw Ray dominate with this team last year. Um with a very similar sort of conversation about not a lot of walks and then just relying on those two pitches to, you know, reliably throw strikes and reliably get swings and misses because of the way that they, you know, look like each other in the different movements. So um, I saw everything I wanted to see there. Um, I was happy with their performance. Obviously, uh, we can get through, as you said, the weekend sort of takes a sour turn and, and the like, oh, 26 outs from the bullpen on Friday and oh, uh, forced clean innings from the bullpen on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, obviously not the same conversation as uh, a bunch of rockets off for you. I think he gives up seven and then uh, Saucedo and Stripling and Phelps and Thornton uh, close that one out for the Blue Jays with a bunch of ropes and a, bu- a bunch of hard hit balls against. Uh, T-Sauce, maybe not the guy. I thought... Um, he was going to be. Oh yeah, and uh, I think uh, Julian Merriweather gave up a couple of hard hits as well. Um, so yeah, not a great bullpen day. I uh, I will say I can't believe we've seen Trent Thornton twice in the opening weekend. <laughs> he's thrown he's thrown four innings already. <laughs> can't believe we're there again. Wait a minute, hold on, I have to check. I mean, he's got to be second on the team in innings, doesn't he? At this at this current moment. Behind what a Gaussman, yeah, Gaussman, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Ryu didn't get out of the fourth, and Barrios only got one inning or one out. I'm going to lose <laughs> my fucking mind if that's true. I believe you. I 100 percent believe you. Pitching. Here we go. Innings pitched. Let's see what we got. Internet. Yep. 
second yeah. in the second on the team. Probably has the best. <laughs> Listen, two point two five ERA. What do you want? <sighs> I can't believe we're doing it again after all the talk of the improved bullpen. <laughs> I know a lot of it is game script, but I can't believe we're doing it again. It's been a wild time. It's been a wild time. He's gonna, um, throw, he's gonna throw like eighty innings this year. <laughs> let's let's not put that out there. Oh my goodness. We also had a transaction, Jake, this week. As a matter we of did. fact, uh, Bradley Zimmer, who I think you're, I think you're, you've sold yourself on pretty very oh, heavily. Is what it immediately, sounds like. Immediately, guy who hits the ball super hard, but like doesn't make a lot of contact. Who's fast? My guy. I love. And, and I mean, when I say, when you say, doesn't make a lot of contact. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he makes as much contact as Tapia hits the ball into the ground. Well, or the opposite. Uh, you know, yeah, what I'm I was going to say, Davia, <laughs> Davia hits everything. He just hits it. This is, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are uh, not going to get on the Rymel Tapia train. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, I, I won't lie. I was, uh, I'm I guess we were on, yeah, on Saturday, I think it was whenever he got his base hit. I can't remember if that was yesterday or if that was Saturday. Uh, I was that one at bat away from sending a, I'm already done with this tweet. He's but, got uh, a, I can't believe he's not bunting every time he comes to the plate. Basically. Randall, Randall Tapia is what I will call him. Uh, he wishes. But he did, he did bunt the one time and everyone got mad because it was of the game situation. Cause there's a no, there's nobody out and a man on first. Yeah, but his the, his a bunt there is not the same as a, a sacrifice bunt. He, he yeah, no, he, he makes them make a throw, and if he swung with all his might, the ball the exact same thing would come off the bat. <laughs> the same exit velocity and the same speed. <laughs> so not, he may as well do it on purpose. <laughs> I am not going to say that I have any legitimate strong feelings one way or the other about Tapia yet, but I can definitely see him becoming a guy as the season go on, goes on that comes up and people are just like ugh. now that being said speed undeniably made a difference in scoring the game winning run on saturday's game he scored from first on a double uh from santiago espinal that hit, hit, hit at the wall so you know you take that to the side but of course bradley zimmer hive out there would say to you that zimmer scores standing up easily no problem in that Look, it's just that Bradley Zimmer is uh, my one of my favorite archetypes of guy uh, in that he's possibly not very good. Possible. But he's that like the one adjustment away. Sure. Oh, yeah. Brown. That one adjustment is hitting major league pitching at all. <laughs> and and specifically looking at his looking at his stuff, uh, hitting breaking balls. He, he can he, he seems to be able to hit fastballs like at a league average clip. I was looking at sort of the. I love his baseball savant page so much. Batted ball stuff. Listen, his the base- speed undeniable. The the center field glove. I think, I think we are going to see some people. Uh, I mean, listen, Kevin Pillar was a fundamentally flawed player that played a flashy center field. Um, 
Zimmer, and he was insanely popular. I think if Zimmer makes one or two good plays in the outfield, he will win a lot of people over. Yeah, I, I just love his his baseball savant ranking. He's 91st percentile in exit velocity, which I think is hilarious. But he's, now is that he, now is that max as exit velocity or or average max, exit velocity? Max. He's seventy fifth in average. Still he's very also good. he's also in the first percentile of K percentage. Not good. So and third <laughs> for whiff percentage. Yeah, seventy fifth for chase rate. But hey, you know we love a guy with ninety seventh percentile sprint speed. Absolutely, and puts it to use. Um, listen, the chase rate. I mean. Why would he chase? Why would a pitcher make him chase? He just throw it. <laughs> you throw it in the zone. It doesn't seem to matter. Um, yeah, all the rates are are dramatically below league averages in, in that way. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Listen, the Jays, uh, the calling card of turning uh, guys with incredible tools into very good players. They don't bat a thousand, but they do have some big successes. Obviously, the previous generation's great teams were built on a couple of those cases in Jose and Edwin. And Teoscar Hernandez is famously a, a recent example of a guy that was like, the swing and miss was so overwhelmingly bad that uh, it made him unusable as a player. But Zimmer has all the other tools and has everything else. Um, he, on- he only strikes out 33% of the time. Yeah, exactly right. And so, so there you go. It'll be, it'll be. Do you want the Bradley Zimmer strikeout, or do you want the happier grounds out in the spot? Yeah, I, legitimately, yeah, I think, what you were asking yourself. Um, I think that that uh, spot is going to be. I don't think it's going to become a real point of contention yet. I think it's too early for that. I hope it's too early for that. But uh, I definitely see by like end of May, either of those guys. A, bringing a lot of the Charlie vitriol out, and B, a lot of those guys were coming up and just being like, ah. Well, man. listen, and and we say it now because we haven't had any season, but like if Tapia is not, you know, babbipping enough to to get the average at something even respectable, and and Grichik is in the rarefied air of, of Colorado cruising to 30 home runs, people are going to be, there, there are people that are going to bring that up. Don't get it twisted. Oh, yeah. We're going to hear about it, and it's going to... I mean, I guess it's going to be what it's going to be, but it, uh, it's that's going to be a storyline, for uh, sure. We'll see. We'll see. People, Tapia does seem to have the goat horns on right now. Boy, I, w- I would like Bradley Zimmer to sort of sneak in and steal a job here. That would be just fine with me, but we'll see. I, he we've can't we've see. yet to see him play at all. Not even so. in a game yet, but it's, again, game three, Jake. Yes. Um, what else? I mean, listen, uh, we we had an eye on the second base platoon and, and Santiago Espinal, I think, winning hearts and minds every time he's seen big, strong Santiago Espinal hitting the ball 106 miles an hour. Uh, love affair, real and strong and fast, I think, with this guy in this fan base. Yeah, I uh, he's he's got that. Uh, he, he's got the buzz. People people. Love, oh, there you go. Breaking news. Danny Jansen oh. to the 10 day I.L. That's Taylor Saucedo, option AAA, Josh Palacios, DFA'd, Anthony K, active, and select Tyler Heineman, also active for tonight's game. Huh. Palacios, DFA. Wow. A lot to take in there. Well, how does that hit your eyes on first blush? I mean, honestly, first blush, it's just disappointing because Danny Jansen was off to such a good start. (laughs) My Danny Jansen all-star, man... Hurting. Like, oh yeah, Tyler Heineman, the, the an extra an extra catcher. That's right. Yeah. 
legitimately, Danny Jansen was off to a great start. I, only 10 day. Uh, it's a left oblique strain. But uh, yeah, I'm just I'm more disappointed for Danny Jansen. I think that I think Danny Jansen is a very easy guy to root for. Fuck! <laughs> God damn it! God <laughs> damn it, go. Jake! Fuck yeah. sakes! Fuck sakes! Uh, ten day, ten day IL. Uh, left fuck sakes! Straight. Stupid! Oh man! And Collins is not. I'm gonna listen. I I would go to warn you, Jake. I tried to be really calm. I'm gonna hate Zach Collins. I can tell. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> if you thought if you thought that patience ran out quick on Reese McGuire playing games, I uh, I don't like it when a catcher is bad at visibly detrimental defensively. And yeah. you can take what you want with uh, defensive metrics, and you can take what you want with especially catcher defensive metrics. Uh, they all agree that he's terrible at catching. <laughs> so. <laughs> Look, this uh, we survived the Josh Tolley years, who was about as useless at the plate as you can get uh, on a contending team. But at least he kind of had the ability to catch the knuckleball. Oh boy, oh boy, I don't, I'm not happy about this. <laughs> yeah, isn't good. Uh, Sacedo option AAA. Yeah, that's. I that's mean, fine. He, he pitched he a, a lot on the weekend and wasn't very good. So that's sort of how yeah. it works when you have options and you're. Uh, yeah. Palacio DFA is a little surprising, but I guess with the addition of the extra Zimmer, catcher, and with the addition of Zimmer, I guess Palacios is kind of uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess yeah, extra weight. Too bad for Palacios. Um, might get scooped. Might might be a uh, Dwight Smith Jr. sort of thing where he gets scooped. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I can see it. Oh, uh, let me talk myself into this Taylor Heinem in just a second. <laughs> not not thrilled about having to see Anthony K again. I won't lie. Oh man! It's like again, whatever. He's well, fine. Well, lefty pet. Like again, it's one of those things. If Anthony K is make or breaking games, then you probably yeah. already. That was kind of like the argument today that people were like, oh, if you DH Zach Collins, you can't pinch run for Kirk in the seventh. And it's like, well, then they should probably be winning the game in the seventh instead. Well, they're calling up Taylor Heineman, so they can do that. They're continuing to have right. three catchers. Uh, Taylor Heineman has fifty-three major league at bats with an OPS. His slash line is. Uh, 208, 288, 302. Anyway, you never like to see an oblique injury of, for a hitter, uh, no. especially not a catcher. Cup uh, of coffee with the Marlins, cup of coffee with the Giants. Yeah, listen, yeah. journeyman third catcher is a thing that we'll be doing that. As you mentioned, you mentioned in the name of Josh Tolley, uh, the guys who guys who are physically able to be catchers will be able to have jobs until they are physically no longer able to be catchers. <sighs> That's a bummer. That one bums me up more than I thought it would. When we were kind of, there was the report uh, about an hour before we started recording that Sean Anderson had a uh, locker in the dugout and started all the speculation about what was happening where. Uh, and then it was like, oh, Denny Jansen's going for an MRI and might be hurt. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, more bummed about that than I thought I'd be. That sucks. I don't like that. I hope it doesn't turn into a long-term <laughs> derailing thing. Well, and like you don't want him playing through injury. He's a guy right. that when, he, when he's clearly when he's fully healthy is very good catcher and a very good hitter. And uh, last year it went on the IL, came back and really struggled and then went back on the IL sh within a month. And you I mean, don't that was, want that to happen. That was the theme of the year last year, I would say. 
<sighs> not just with Dan Jansen. But, uh, and listen, they're very deep, and we're talking about the eight-hitter, but... Good thing Kirk's there. Yes, but you're... It, it, yeah. You got no good... You got no real, like, good defensive catcher now, is the thing. Yeah, I don't see the... Guys ran wild on Collins last year, by the way. Like I'm not as I'm not as uh, <laughs> low on Kirk's defensive abilities as some others. Like I don't think he's as good as Jansen, but I think he's fine. Right, but you're um, talking about every day now, right? I think, I think that's sort of the difference. For yeah, me. I guess I'm more concerned with. Um, I'm concerned about Ryu having to roll with Kirk. I'm concerned about the fact that that DH spot is now a black hole. I'm deflated. This is deflated. Now you're, now you're be- <laughs> the best option right now at DH is uh, Kevin Biggio. No, no, no I or think moving, you're uh, moving guys around the field. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you're, you, for me, you're shifting into Gurriel as your DH. So my point is here. you're having Kevin Biggio in the lineup every day. Is more where I was going with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the Kevin Biggio specifically, but like you, you're you're digging you know from the from the Ka- the, the Biggio Tapia uh, Zimmer. Yeah, uh, I, Collins. It, it carves a hole. Is sort of where I'm going. Well, uh, I'm hope he's ba- I hope he's back in ten days and okay. I'm bummed to hear that. So, well, I'm bummed. <laughs> Something has gone wrong. This is not good. <laughs> the first thing to <laughs> see now you're get, now you're getting it. Uh, now you're understanding. See, I mentioned earlier in the show, if you're talking to me when, when things aren't actively happening, I'm cool and level-headed. It's when things actually happen that I get very upset. Uh, so that's a good time to move on to the mailbag because I don't. I'm I'm too upset now. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Okay. We move on. We have a, we have a bunch of voicemails, so we should just get onto it anyway. You're right. There's your Monday. There's your Monday meltdown, everybody. No kidding. whole bunch of voicemails and messages in the mailbag this week and if you want to hear them all and you want to hear all the answers you got to jump on the patreon patreon.com slash less than jays join us there where we answer every question on the show and you get extra oh boy we talked a whole bunch about tv again uh in the beginning of the show an extra 15 to 16 maybe even 20 minutes it's a long episode so maybe even extra 20 uh will be on the patreon this time you also get access to all kinds of stuff like the show notes um and extra shows like Jays of Our Lives, monthly mailbags, all kinds of extra stuff. That's the $9 tier. The $5 tier gets you that extended episode I just mentioned uh, every single week on Tuesday. And the $3 tier, just to say thank you, just to say, hey, good work. You get the shows early. Get this bad boy Monday night versus getting it Tuesday morning. And you get it ad-free if we ever have ads on the show, like we did last week. You would notice. <laughs> um, one, one week of ads. One week of ads Then we're our friends. back. Now we're back. So that is all available. And even this thing, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even hear this promo if you were on patreon.com slash less than chase. Okay. We started off with a voicemail. Uh, this one is from Sean. Hey guys, Sean here. Just contemplating whether or not I'm going to pay full freight for the show on switch. Uh, but that's not what my question is about. My question is, 
what is the or who is the baseball video game version of a Blue Jay that you have most enjoyed playing with in your video game career? For me, I think I'm going 2005 MVP Baseball 2005 Frank Catalanato as my pick. That stance was really fun. Great plate coverage. Love Big Frank. Anyway, uh, excited to hear your answers. Love the show, guys. <laughs> Uh, Sean also apologized as he's on cold medicine for this question to me in uh, advance. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Blue, J- you know what? For the most part, I haven't enjoyed playing with a lot of Blue Jays in video games because for a long time in my like prime sports video game era, uh, they were bad. So right. probably Halliday, I guess. Well, uh, you, you 2005, you, 2005, 2004 uh, era Carlos Delgado. Hmm. Yeah, MLB, MLB, what was the game that Sean referenced? MLB, MVP Baseball 2005? MVP Baseball 2005, Carlos Delgado. Uh, Hits the ball hard. Yeah, um, an interesting question. An interesting question uh, because you're right. There wasn't a stalwart. There wasn't always a stalwart um, year, but I will say this is going to sound crazy and obviously ages terribly. And I acknowledge that I'm, a, I'm an adult. I can acknowledge uh, things. MLB The Show 2010. You uh, know, Escobar. I was a real. I was real problems Ooh. with. Uh, yeah, just something about the swing. You know, sometimes guys just the swing pattern just matches sort of how your eye works in the game. Yeah. And you're just like, God damn, I have this fucking shit figured out. Um, Joe Mauer was on the cover of MLB 10. My favorite. Uh blue jay to play with in a video game actually is uh jake goldsby because i create myself in the show every year good for you so um good for you do you roll to the show or do you sort of just create yourself and get in no roads ro- to the show yeah got, you gotta earn it sure absolutely um so yeah I'm, I'm gonna go with i know it's problematic but you know Escobar. and then shortly after 2015 uh uh Tulowitzki, I was I was troubled. I was real troubled with Tulowitzki too. Yeah, and I gotta say, I played about an hour and a half worth of the show twenty two yesterday. Uh, Vlad is fun. Vlad is as fun. Vlad is as fun as you would want him to be in a video game. That's great, and it should be. Hey, listen, Jays. Uh, it is Adam, long time uh, caller, first time listener. Um, I just have a question. What is bunting? What's a what's a bunt? Okay, uh, thanks. Bye. Uh, anime bunt is is basically what happens when uh, Rymel Tapia swings only on purpose. <laughs> I was gonna say a bunt is what happens at inopportune times in baseball in Blue Jays games. Question from uh, Jay on Twitter: What are your thoughts on Romano's WWE style walkout? Is it better than BJ Ryan? I mean, listen, the lights. Th- are, it is just from pure presentation. Uh, absolutely interesting that like Romano is the guy not that he's not great and not that he you know he's the closer and he gets the intimidation but it's sort of interesting of like um, you know he's not he's entrenched in the role but not so much that he's been this big addition to the team right he was a a rule five guy two years ago he was like you know 2019 you weren't like oh thank god we have Romano he just sort of like has showed up and and been a lights out uh, closer level guy so it's sort of interesting you know, the way bullpens work. Could, could we get the Jimmy Garcia light show later in the year or if he was in the IL or is it going to be <laughs> yeah, we don't, Adam Romano Simber? Da, 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 da. I mean, Simber seems like a guy who would relish in that. 
Um, but no, I think it's awesome. I, I hope I hope they do it. I mean, I've seen it. For, you see it for home runs. You see it for wins. I hope they continue to grow with it and play with it over the year. I'd like to see some, um, some real. I think it's awesome. I think all that stuff is like super cool. And I think it uh, should happen for uh, all um, reliever intros, not just the closer. Fun to have like a spotlight follow one out. Um, yeah, and, so that, and I guess that's sort of my point is like, but not all not all reliever coming into the pens are created equal right a guy coming into the, pen in the in the eighth in a one-run game is well, different no, I, don't, I, I maybe not like trent thornton, thornton in the third but, yeah <laughs> but uh I, i'd be up for it uh with uh like with jimmy and shouldn't be activated i think you have to make it like it's seventh and <laughs> like seventh inning onward and they have to be winning you have to be a quote shutdown guy see this is this is how hard it's, it's hard being a reliever who knows it's a hard world. It's a hard life. Uh, Michael Hode, who questioned right up our alley, which starting pitcher are you most worried about after opening weekend? <sighs> I can't say Kikuchi yet because we haven't seen him. Uh, but if you're most worried about him, you, you could still be. Of the three? Of, of I, any of them, yeah. Of the three, it's I think it's Barrios. Wow. I'm not, and like I want to preface that by saying I'm not actually concerned with any of them. Right. But... If I had to say the one that I'm the most like, ooh, it would be Brios, but I think all three are fine. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say Ryu. As, as much as I also think like a veteran guy that has proven over the long run, similar to the argument I would have for Barrios is like a guy that's put up the length of time to prove that he is a good pitcher over over uh, a large, large sample. He's just the oldest and 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 throws the least hard and uh, I think has the least room for error. You know what I mean? It's sort of like it. it, it Basically, if you look at his years and his effectiveness, it's like his his change up and curveball getting swings and misses and his change up and curveball being really plus pitches are, are what propels him to success. And if those are just normal and they aren't exceptional, uh, that's when his other stuff can get can get hit and attacked. Like sort of that's where the like novelty of him throwing 90, if that's not properly disguised with his off-speed stuff then it becomes a pretty slippery slope towards um being in some trouble that being said that pitch mix also loans itself to an older guy and a guy who doesn't uh throw all out so i believe in his ability to to get around it just i think on paper in terms of like how much room there is between uh, a reliable great guy that's top of the rotation and uh, a legitimate concern i think ryu has the shortest distance if that makes sense yeah, I I get like I said earlier, I understand the Ryu concern. Uh, I just don't share it, but I do see I do see how he is by far the easiest guy to be concerned about. For sure, for sure, and it takes guts to be worried about Barrios. People would people would shut you down, but he just got shelled, man. He did get he got smoked. I know it's op- it's opening day. Opening day is always weird, but like, ooh, he got shelled. And not great for the if you wanted to run with the narrative of like the whole problem with Rios is that he's a yeah he's a, not a big game guy. It doesn't help your cause. Which like he disproved basically the entirety. Of I know. Which I, I know it's a stupid year. thing. But, I'm just saying. If, but if, yes, if you wanted that to be your argument, it, it helps you. Ryan, cynical Mariners fan, weighing in. Curious to know who your least favorite reliever of the last ten years is. Aaron Loop must come to mind pretty quickly for me. Yeah, Loop's up there. Thornton's up there. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know why, but I guess cause I was doing, um, 
Blue Monday for the last couple of years. Like Jeremy right. Beasley for me was very much just like, okay, this uh, this game's over. This like sort of the the victory, the human victory cigar, the human white flag that that, that I think Thornton has taken on. Um, I really, I, I don't think this is fair necessarily because he wasn't that bad, but boy, I did not enjoy watching Rafael Dolis pitch. Yeah, I think it's, it, it, not it's, only was he bad, but it took forever. Yeah, Dolis has that special thing of like it was also really bad, painful to watch him even when he was good. It was sort of like it took forever, and it was it, awesome. if you got into any kind of trouble, the inning would take like half an hour. I have another answer to that reliever question because it's gonna bug me. Okay, Drew Storin. Oh, two scoring. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man, that was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it. We we have one last thing to do, and that is to say. Our final takes of the week with Take This to Your Grave. Jake, time to wrap it up here. Uh, what do you have for us this week? A bold, a bold prediction. The Blue Jays are going to sweep the Yankees. Blue Jays are going to sweep the... A bold thing to say on an episode that could, that could have already come out after Blue Jays loss. I like that yep. for you. I, uh, yeah. I've, you know, I was feeling pretty down on the team when we started... Not down, but down for this season when we started this episode. Now that we've sort of talked through it and worked through it, a Danny Jansen injury aside, I'm back to the third inning on Friday. Uh, I take this to your grave is Bradley Zimmer <laughs> is going to make more than yeah, 40 starts in center field this year. Ooh, I like that. A combination of Springer days off and days where like Springer plays right field because he's he, he fights his way in there. That's good. I like that. Plucking it out of the universe. Uh, That is it for another episode. I have one more that I think that I think is fun. Okay. uh, That I just thought of, Uh, because in this fucking hellscape that is sports media now, everyone has to have props and odds and betting. Uh, My prop for this week is that uh, this weekend, in the three games against Oakland, the Blue Jays will score more runs then Joel Embiid will score against the Raptors on game one on Saturday. Oh, I like that. Very good. Wow. That's a, that's a bold one. I like that a lot, Jake. Um, cool. I'm going to say this time next week, uh, Alec Benoa leads the team in innings. How about that? Ooh, that's good too. It better not be Trent Thornton. So. <laughs> yeah, it better not be. That's it for another week of Less Than Jays. We are so excited to be back talking about games, as you can tell. Uh, boy, going to be getting all of our thoughts all the time every single week uh we appreciate you sticking around and being a part of the show with us every week if you want to be part of the mailbag or just send us a nice message you can do that at less than jays on twitter or less than jays at gmail.com or give us a dial on the old voicemail line 833-714-7774 we'll play it on the show just like this hey it's the sweaty guy who called about the rotation last week i'd just like to say Ah!